Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Big Chris Live, the live stream and then the podcast. We are streaming live tonight. Thanks to DeanBlundell.com, our uh, podcast host. You can find all back episodes from the previous season uh, all stored there. And here we are uh, kicking off a new season, I guess. It's episode 38 uh, called The Old Switcheroo, which means that uh, I have a special guest here. He's been on the podcast before. So for those who've been following along, Lou McDonald, good evening, Lou, to you. Good evening, Chris. So Lou's here. Uh, because we were having some drinks one night in a garage, and I liked some questions that he was asking me. I thought he was a very good, uh, inquisitive, uh, but yet thoughtful interviewer. Um, and uh, so I thought that t- to kick off this season, I would have Lou on to uh, join me and uh, interview me a little bit about what's coming up in the upcoming season, life, liberty, all the things. Lou, why don't you yeah. just take it away? Okay, well, did you want to talk about, like, uh, radio? You want to talk about the upcoming season? Uh, All of it, man, yeah. So, that well, we can start with radio if you feel like that. <laughs> the other thing, too, that I should I should say about Lou is that uh, we found this out when he was on the podcast before, and I didn't know this, is you were like, you're like you, you use the words, you grew up listening to me. Is that for real? Uh, high school. I would have been late high school when you were doing the morning show on uh, K-Rock in oh Kingston. God. And now you're doing the afternoon drive show at K-Rock in Kingston. Yeah, man, it's just gone lightning fast. But uh, <laughs> And I'm sorry, I had a lot of fun talking with you in that garage that night, but I was drinking. So I'm trying to uh, think of something. Uh, <laughs> trying really to that moment, right? What I remember talking about, though, was that, so when did you get your first radio job and when did you defect from radio? Um, uh, when did I defect? Because you had a little, you went into the, you're involved in the forces, weren't you? Oh, okay. Yeah. That period in my life, I was like, wow, defect is a real strong term. Uh, (laughs) You came back. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, uh, my first radio job was actually in the Ottawa Valley, a small, uh, small town called Pembroke, Ontario. And, uh, the station was called star 96 FM. And I did the midnight to five 30 AM shift. That was a, but that was like an internship. Like that was my first gig as my uh, internship out of college. And then, uh, then I worked in Kingston was my first part-time gig, uh, at chorus uh, entertainment in Kingston. And I did uh, weekend mornings on country 96 and, uh, and I produced, uh, AM uh, OHL hockey games, the Kingston Frontenacs. I produced them their their games live on the uh, AM radio station. So that was my first sort of paid gig in radio. So you have to when you say produce it. So you're there's the live game broadcast on the show, and yeah. do you have to record the sound of goals and replay those back for the post game interviews and things like that? Uh, no, sometimes the the, the host uh, Jim Gilchrist. Uh, would have like a pre-recorded interview that he'd want me to play back, uh, you know, uh, of of some interview that he did with a, you know, 
Mike Zigamanis or someone who is, you know, a Kingston Front Axe alumnus. Um, but uh, often it was more so that I would come in and do like out of town OHL scoreboard updates uh, in between periods and stuff like that and sort of play some commercials and stuff. And, uh, and <laughs> I will admit this now, like years later, uh, it was always I was always hungover or I, I, I fell asleep during some of those games. And I remember uh, the host, uh, Jim Gilchrist, just being like, Chris, Chris, are you there? Are you there? And I just wake up to him saying, are you there? Like screaming, are you there? Through the phone. <laughs> and uh, and and of course, I would be like, hey, I don't know. The phone is cut out there for a moment. And then he filed like a whole long thing with the engineering <laughs> department. And he yeah. was like, there's something wrong with the thing. And it was, really, it was just me falling asleep. Did you ever, oh, this is going to make sense after I ask it. Did you ever go to university or have like those four years of like university partying uh, early 20s? No. So I, I um, not really know. So I was an Algonquin College yeah. uh, in Ottawa alum and, and I just sort of uh, uh, ended up in Kingston. But the thing was, is in Kingston, I had friends that I went to high school with who were then at Queen's University in Kingston. So uh, um, so I still feel kind of like I got the party experience without having to actually do the study experience. Because I got to go, I was, we were all the same age, but of course I was in and out within a year and a half of community college for broadcasting, uh, yeah. you know? And so, uh, so it was great to just like party with these guys who were doing like four or five years at, at university and that I knew real well, right? So it was kind of cool. Yeah, because when you talk about uh, being hungover and, and missing the other broadcaster there in those games and stuff like that, uh, I have so many similar stories. And it's just, I think about how hard the partying was in those early radio jobs in your early 20s. And uh, it kind of felt like the university experience in a way, but you're just working, albeit very hard and not for a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, there was, you know, there was, uh, yeah, there was some pretty lean times there. I think the leanest of times though was, was in Hamilton actually, to be honest, that would have been, I mean, Hamilton is a city. If you have, you had to really describe it, it's weed and tattoos, uh, man, that's, that's all I think about when I think of Hamilton is weed and tattoos and it, in a good way, don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah, that's when I think about when I was the most broke or the most, you know, sort of desperate or whatever um you know like a starving radio person was was in hamilton right so do you um, have tattoos you get a tattoo in hamilton no i never did i, I just smoked weed there eh? i smoke yeah a lot of weed yeah uh, a, t- a ton <laughs> like i crossed over to another level in hamilton like i went to ha- i moved to hamilton and i was a beatles fan and then i left hamilton and i was a stones fan you know if that makes wow. sense. if that makes any sense yeah, it does. <laughs> it's a really interesting way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a good time though. I mean, the the crew there was awesome, and yeah, I did have a lot of late nights and a lot of grinds and a lot of like eating a spoonful of peanut butter for dinner a couple of nights in a week, you know, until payday uh, kind of nights. Um, yeah, what I I would do, in, uh, <laughs> Prince George, stay up to midnight on the day before payday. So you get paid at midnight and then order Domino's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know that one. Well, like make a stupid financial choice right out of the gate. Yeah. Ordering, <laughs> I'm going to order a flashlight off of eBay. <laughs> Only slightly used flashlight. Oh, man. It's a good deal. 
Close, close to it. I mean, I never did, but yeah, I did some stupid shit. Uh, how old were you when you got to Kingston for the first time? Because you came back to Kingston, right? Oh, I came back a bunch of times. Yeah, I, I was like 21 uh, when I first went there. I was painting houses for a little bit after my internship ended at uh, Star 96 in Pembroke, and and then uh, and then yeah, I ended up uh, um, in Kingston, uh, you know, on that part time gig, and and I was 21. I remember just after my 21st birthday. So, yeah. So you had multiple stretches where you lived and worked in Kingston. Yeah, yeah, multiple. Like, so I, I ended up in Kingston part-time, and then I went to Cornwall, Ontario for my full-time, for a full-time gig at uh, Rock 1019, uh, doing uh, music and afternoon drive. And then, and then came back to K-Rock in Kingston doing weekends, and then eventually afternoon drive. And then went away, and that's when you're talking about my break or my split from radio. <clears throat> Excuse me. This bubbly fucking water here. Bubbly's so good, though. Yeah. Uh, I haven't so thought about bubbly. Quick quick interjection. Yeah, yeah. When, uh, when we started, like, getting bubblies and other carbonated waters into, like, fountain machines at fast food restaurants, like, that's when we've truly advanced as a society, I think. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, the Coke will still exist, but to have like uh, a bubbly on. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's dominating, man. It's growing. It's a growing market. That's why they've come out with Coca-Cola's come out. with. How, how many do you crush in a day? How many? Oh <laughs> man. My wife won't let me fucking forget it. Like I'm restricted to like three a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's got, it's me. easy to drink seven. I'm rationed. Yeah. Totally rationed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Anyways, when, you, when you left radio for the first time. Thesis was loving, was loving you, was loving you interjecting me there. They're like, shit, he's going to talk about the army stuff. Let's shut him up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I, yeah. So I, that was after I was doing afternoon drive at um, K Rock. And, and then I ended up uh, just through like the craziest, like pff, turn of events. I ended up uh, uh, with the Canadian forces for three and a half, almost four years, uh, you know, with, with the, running a, a special radio station in Kandahar city, Afghanistan and perfect segue. That's going to be on more in the upcoming season of this podcast. Uh, I'll be uh, doing a special on Afghanistan interviewing, maybe some of my former colleagues, some other people who have other different experiences in Afghanistan uh, doing a whole thing. And, and here's the other thing too. It's, it's been, it was a big part of the news cycle for a while there. Haven't seen much of it right now. So I think it's time to, uh, to sort of reinvigorate the discussion about it because it's a very interesting, yeah. You know, I find it's a very interesting topic, and and my experience there was pretty wild. So, I won't spill too many guts about that on this episode, uh, but uh, more to come, and uh, lots of interesting discussion about that project uh, that I, that I can share uh, yeah. coming up on this season. And and yeah, and uh, yeah. So that was that was like almost four years of my life, and then I ended up um, in Hamilton, and so. I had this really great gig with the forces. This is <laughs> this was kind of shitty, but also funny at the same time in, in a dank way. Uh, I had this gig with the forces, right? And uh, and then that contract ended, and so all of a sudden, you know, I'm a special, an absolute specialist for the Canadian forces, and I was making some pretty good coin uh, doing that. And then all of a sudden, the tap just got turned off, and I didn't really save any of it. And uh, <laughs> and so. Uh, I ended up in Hamilton and, and of course the shock, it was basically splitting my salary in half. 
And, uh, and I was just living, you know, paycheck to paycheck, but partying hard. I don't, you know how it is. I don't, I don't know how you find yeah. money. Like if I had the money back that I spent at the bar or, or on weed, you know what I mean? I, you, you know, I would be probably be okay. I'd be able to make, make my electric bill, but, uh, everything's getting more expensive. And, uh, yeah. And yeah. uh, anyway, I am used to, to drinking like a fair bit of beer on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, it's, without um yeah i don't know you don't have to get too into your finances but i am curious just because you know i mean i'm i'm 30 years old working in radio and I, that's where my i'm thinking about that stuff more now i guess like sustainability or like what you know what do i want or like, yeah, maybe i can live within my means here but when did you start saving money uh i still not much saved man like, oh. I've got a little bit, I've got a little bit put away, but like, 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 like it's an RISP, but it's not like, <laughs> like you, it, you wouldn't know it if you looked at the, the amount that's in there. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, same. I, I don't save. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, oh yeah. You know, like the Christmas Carol, the Charles Dickens there, and there's a ghost of future past and future present. Oh yeah, okay. be like a radio Christmas Carol, like Ghosts of Radio Future, and it's you know you come, and you're like, you still haven't saved anything. Yeah. <laughs> you got shit. No. Yeah, no. I yes, I I have I have uh, that ghost is my wife. That's who that is. That's, that's <laughs> haunting me every day about my uh, my discretions. So I mean, financial. You know, <laughs> there's no other discretions. I swear. How long do you think your longest radio, and, and I, I'm not saying that you have had one, but like, mm -hmm. a, you know how we, we kind of go up and down and like waves and uh, energy, like energy to the show and creativity. And then it, it you know, feels like a, a slog for a little bit, but you always seem to come back. Can you relate to that? Would you say that there's an element of that? All the, time. all the time and it's doubly worse when um you know when when you've got a partner or a couple of partners even on like a team show not not speaking specifically but just in general um you know it's it's difficult sometimes because everybody's going through that at some point you know what i mean you never know you know so sometimes it, it screws screws things up right but yeah of course but you know you, you, sometimes something will inspire you right and when you crank out a good bit or something, or you, you do something compelling, uh, I think uh, it inspires more. It's it's a, it's a good spiral to get into, right? Um, that goes for anything, really. Comedy, anything. Stand-up comedy, anything. Uh, really. I like that. Um, because when I was in college and just starting on college radio, uh, I liked when I heard a bad bit because it kind of at that age where I was in radio, it made me feel like, Oh, maybe you can do this where the great bits mm -hmm. would stress me out, give me anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, and now 10 years later, when I hear a good bit, that's when I get pumped up and uh, inspired. And then it's the bad bits that bum me out now. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. That's a good place to be, man. You know, uh, and you know what I like too, is like having like, um, like other people at your station have good bits to inspire you too. Like that was the other thing too. Like as desperate and, and crazy as things got uh, off mic uh, in Hamilton, the, the on mic stuff was, was so great. The team there was so great. Right. And we all, 
we're cranking out good content. And uh, so it was kind of like when all horses are, you know, they're racing and they're just, you know, competitively sort of sort of trying to race in front of each other. Right. And so when you get into an environment like that, you can find other people who inspire you and you inspire other people. And it creates a nice cycle. That's rare now, though. I mean, yeah. there's, there's only what, like three people that work at a radio station now. So it's great. Yeah, like just you saying uh, 12 to 5.30 a.m. shifts. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. That was That's wild to think about, right? That, that someone would have to actually stay up and do that now. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. But now it, it kind of makes me think, though, why don't they let people just record these weird little Twilight shows, you know, or like, yeah, late night weirdness, you know? Uh, there was... Um... Oh, I'm trying to think of where it was. They had like a recorded like monkey or something that was doing overnights. It, like as a bit, like it was produced, like it was like a recording thing of like, you know, this <laughs> monkey is hosting this overnight program and it would just base, bubbles the monkey or I don't remember what, what, it, whatever it was. That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, yeah was, falling, monkey screaming. Yeah. Shoot uh, your shot, you know, like <laughs> do something. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like it's better than, it's better than just IDs and music. Yeah. Yeah, my opinion. Um, do you listen to like a lot of different stuff right now? What's your intake on that? Oh, this was great because when we were hanging in that garage, you were like, you know, I didn't know that you were into music. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> <laughs> You didn't seem like a music jock though. Well, th th I see that's the thing, you have to evolve, right? I evolved yeah. out of music. I love doing music, but I realized there's only one Jeff Woods. You know, there is only one voice that knows rock and roll and who's actually hung out with Ozzy Osbourne and who's actually hung out with David Bowie. You know what I mean? There's only one of those type of guys. I'm like, I'm never going to be that guy, you know? Uh, so I knew I had to evolve out of that. But yeah, I really do love music, man. So um, who am I listening to right now? Uh, to be honest, Billie Eilish. But uh, I think if there's like a contemporary new artist that I think is really good right now, I think it's Billie Eilish. I don't care what genre people classify her as i just think she's really good at what she does um and her music videos are fucking good the one that she directed herself was really good uh but outside of that um like just what's on my like most recent playlists um fucking uh, reverend john uh, misty um yeah. like kind of like roots rocky kind of stuff i'm going roots yeah. rocky He's really funny. He's a he's his a funny lyrics dude. are funny, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm isn't right that an interesting thing when the actual funny, witty lyric? That's kind of a thing that you don't hear a lot lately. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's you know, that's the thing. I I'm I'm finding that all the arts that I love are dying ones. Um, and and yeah, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. And, and uh, that goes for a lot of things in music too. Um. It hurt with Norm Macdonald this week. Oh, fuck, man. I could talk about Norm Macdonald all the time. And you know what? I wish I had some fucking clips all loaded up if I was smart. If I did some show prep like a pro, um, I would have uh, clips loaded up. Um, but yeah, I, I find myself talking about him all yesterday and all yeah. through today and, and uh, yeah, late Tuesday. And uh, Jesse Mods, who you've had on this podcast before. Yep. We got to see him a couple times in Calgary, but there was just multiple calls, uh, like for the last three days, of just calling each other and and saying more of like, a, "Do you remember this joke? Remember this one? Hey, I just sent you a YouTube video. Watch that. All Norm stuff. Yeah. And, uh, 
it is just truly so funny. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I mean, my favorite thing is him on talk show interviews. And uh, I posted a great one from David Letterman. It's on my Instagram. I'm sorry. I wish I had it queued up to play here, but uh, at Big Chris Radio on all platforms, Chris with a K. Um, but on my Instagram, I, I posted it and it's him on David Letterman. And he's telling the story about because uh, he's from Ottawa, right? My hometown. So, you know, he went to Algonquin College. I went to Algonquin College. It's kind of like a connection. Like I just feel, always felt connected to the guy and I always thought he was hilarious. So he was telling a story about a football rivalry in Ottawa between the two universities and the big game. And he has this really, really funny story. Anyways, I posted it up there. I wish I'm not going to retell the whole thing because it's, uh, you know, won't do justice, but um, it's out there. And, and yeah, I could just go on all day about the different interviews that he's been just wild. And Dennis Miller, remember Dennis Miller had that talk show and he, and, and he goes on and he, he starts talking about how, you know, smoking, smoking cocks and like smoking cigarettes is like smoking cocks and makes this whole analogy. And it's just like, wow. Uh, yeah. It was wild. I would say <laughs> my two yeah. favorite comedians when I was like maybe like graduating high school and going into college, like when I was really discovering what comedy that, you know, the art form that was comedy. It wasn't just Seinfeld on TV that Seinfeld, you know, does stand up comedy, you know, it kind of like you know, that the, there's, there's other comedians out there um, that are doing this for a living. Right. Um, and so I started to discover, yeah, it would be Norm Macdonald and then George Carlin too, who had been of course around for years, but I just really found myself finding George Carlin and then uh, yeah. And then, and Norm too. Right. So yeah, huge loss, man. That was oh, such a bummer this week. Really was. Um, someone asked me yesterday, how many comedians uh, are out there now that you would pay to see? like who's at the top of that list for you now like pros yeah 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 like the big ones oh man you know that's the thing i'm a, I, I, or even like i'm an oddball up and people. comers too like you would pay you would take time to to uh you would have to call a babysitter and pay an affordable ticket to go see them well oh yeah like a night out comedian yeah yeah, I don't oh man, I I don't remember. I think the last time I saw an arena comedian was like Dane Cook. But even then it was like not really something that I I don't go to see those kind of comics, man. I I am afraid to say like well, maybe too hipster of me to say, but like I I love I love the club shows. I just love going to the club and seeing the other comics, just even the amateurs grinding it out, coming up with stuff, working with stuff. I mean, the vibe, that's what it's all about is the vibe. Yeah. You know, for me, it's it's about the scene, um, you know, because I do a little comedy myself. So, you know, I know a lot of people. So it's nice just to catch up with them and see their act and have a good laugh. And then, you know, and it used to be hopefully maybe one, again, one day again soon. You know, you get up to five minutes at the start. Somebody invites you up. Hey, we're short. Chris, why don't you hop on? You know, so I'm always just like I just like being around, you know, yeah. that's what it's about for me. The uh, two comedians you had the last time I was on uh, your show, they're very comedians. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ariana and Jeff. Yeah, they're great, man. Yeah, so funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ariana actually, she was just messaging me the other day. She was like, "Hey, when's your podcast coming back?" She wants to come on on again. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna have her back, man. And uh, yeah, of course, you're welcome to tag along with Lou as always. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, maybe I'll uh, get her back on. And uh, yeah, shout out to Ariana, Ariana Pyle, comedian from here in uh, Barry. Yeah, all of and Jeff was too. A Jeff Faulkner, yeah, yeah, Jeff Faulkner lives not that far from me now. Now that we live okay, here. Okay, cool. So, have you gotten to encounter the 
that vibe you're talking about or you haven't really visited that uh post-pandemic well come- yeah no not post-pandemic man and and even then like even maybe a year before the pandemic i sort of faded out i got real real like heavy into the comedic scene here in barry and and uh and toronto a little bit for a minute there um you know when i was uh you know when we first got up here but then you know I was living it, it, I was living in Newmarket, which doesn't have very much comedy. At least it didn't at the time. And so it was like either way to drive to Toronto to do comedy or drive to Barrie, it was like 45 to an hour minimum, um, you know, traffic and so on and so forth. And so eventually you just get tired of it, man. You just get tired of like just driving so you could do five minutes and try out a new joke, you know, for like six people at a bar, you yeah. know, or whatever. Um, it's It's easier when you're in the city. It's easier when you're living in the city and you can take the subway and you can go down and do like five shows in one night you get five five minutes at different clubs you know um that's that's what you have to do really so i just sort of got tired of it and but now that i'm living in barry uh now that i live here and have an address here um i can't wait to get out there and i know that with ariana uh messaging me wanting to come on the podcast i mean she has something to promote which is great that means there's comedy happening soon so um yeah i really look forward to uh uh yeah doing some shows again soon sometimes i hope man because you know now that i'm a dad and all the life changes that i've had like i've got i gotta i gotta sit down and write some jokes but uh uh, but at the same time uh, i think there's some there's some gold there to be dug out for sure what's what's the not to put you on the spot what is an observation that you've had recently in your dad adventures Oh, an observation? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying necessarily a joke. Just a, what's an observation that uh, you're like, well, here's here's a, something I didn't think about that is now a thing. Um, so many things that I don't think about. Just ask my wife. <laughs> I mean, man, I I don't think about like, oh, she should have like, you know, it's a little cold out and the sun sets earlier now. Uh, she should have little boots on her feet. Like, I don't think about those things. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, basic survival things sometimes I don't think about. <laughs> um, so thank God my wife is around. Um, but uh, What's your reaction to bagpipes? Do you have... <laughs> oh yeah, so I I yeah, so because I do love the bagpipes and I play the pipes. Um yeah, I've been slowly trying to get her into that. Um you know, I have a little tiny thing called the practice chanter, so it it's like a little like a like a flute or like a little uh recorder, you know. Yeah. Uh and so you know, you play it and so she hasn't been she doesn't smile but she doesn't get upset either. So I'm hoping we can, you know, maybe get some definition in the next few weeks or so. And back to uh, your music, I'm sure you're playing her a lot of uh, Manchester. Oh yeah, 80s, 90s rock. Always, <laughs> always. Yeah, man, that was the one thing we connected on. Did you have you checked out Second Coming yet? I have finally listened to the Second Stone Roses record, yeah. and it's good. It was good. I know it's not that yeah. shitty, right? Yeah, but I guess just because it was the follow up to you know something that was so hailed. I and- know. It was it was never going to live up to expectations. It was fucked before it began, probably. Yeah. Well, and also, and, and Oasis fell into this trap too. Would be here now. They just did too much cocaine. I think that's really, you know what I mean. I think you can say what you want, but it's it's a cocaine record for sure, man. I mean, you just yeah. 
listen to listen to those riffs like those like i think the opening track is 24 minutes long i mean <laughs> you know uh, oasis, oasis released uh do you know what i mean but they released also like like a 17 minute version or something like that like as a b-side one time and i was like oh give me a break i've never made this connection before but so a, a cocaine record is like an indulgent record where oh, you yeah. have the ability to uh to edit or to, or to uh scale down like overproduce man like like uh, like oasis would be here now i think in one of the songs i think it was do you know what i mean there was something like 42 guitars layered on top of each other like you don't need that kind of many guitars right like yeah 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 so it makes sense like because the, the person at the party that's on cocaine uh, is talking about themselves too much or just talking too much in general. And the artist in the studio on Cocaine <laughs> making a record uh, has a 24-minute song with uh, 30 guitar tracks on it. Yes, uh, that's exactly what it is. Happening. Yeah. So, yeah, Second Coming, Stone Roses. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those. I mean, it is speculative, but, yeah, I, I would think it's safe to say that that's one of those records. Yeah, man, I love I love the Manchester stuff. It's so cool that you do too. Yeah, Verve as well. I'm not sure if they're from uh, Manchester exactly, but just no, you they're can. part of that scene, though. Yeah, man, the Verve is actually the band that probably got me to that scene initially. Actually, uh, Urban Hymns was like just a monster record, and I just remember listening to it, like other other songs, not Bittersweet Symphony, but like Sonnet, and yeah, I mean, you just go deep. Some work, Lucky oh. Man. Rolling Lucky people. Man is incredible. It was like one of the first songs I wanted to learn when I got picked up a guitar. You know what I mean? So uh, that band just couldn't stay together. They loathed each other. Yeah, it's something about British bands, man. That they just—I don't know whether I—I I just think that they're all again. I think that they're just all drinking and doing coke. I think that's really the—that's how they stay so thin. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know why, and they just have been massive fights for no reason over fights, yeah, flare-ups. Wow, they're just too British for their own good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. No, good shit, man. Uh, so, how, how are you liking the job right now? Yeah. How, is, uh, how does it feel? Are you talking to listeners a lot? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. Sometimes like in the weirdest ways, like today, I had the most depressing one, not to bring down the jovial mood that we've been discussing here. But uh, um, this guy phoned in today and he was like, hey, uh, and I could hear the radio blaring in the background. You know what I mean? And and he's just got this sort of disheveled voice. And he's like, um, I'm, I'm looking for this song. And my wife used to like it. My wife's passed away. We're having her funeral. And uh, and and I need this. I need to know the what this song is. So we went through it, and I think I think it was Spiral Staircase. Let me look it up here. Hang on a second. Spiral Staircase. I don't know, I'm looking it up here. Yeah, pop band, 1969 single. More today than yesterday. That's the one. Anyways, um, that that was. Uh, super depressing today. And it was literally like it was 9.59 a.m. It was one minute from walking away out of, out of the studio being done for the day. And uh, and and the phone rings. And I'm like, ah, what the heck? I'll answer it. And it was that call. But I think that's, you know what, man? That meant something. And along and when I look back on it now, it's like that, that actually probably was important that I was there to take that call. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I do hear from listeners to answer your question. Yeah. We have some regular callers like Bob or we call him Bargain Bob. He always phones in and gives us like what the deal is on meat this week, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> Like he gives he reads because he's he's a newspaper or like a, and also flyer delivery guy right so yeah. the newspapers and so he sees all the the flyers in them and he's able to like get all in and tell us all the deals so God love bargain Bob bargain Bob yeah back to like uh, the timing there to like pick up that one call that was right at the end of your shift yeah I love that stuff man because like it that's when it starts to feel like uh, you get the service element of the job. That just really strips away, like, uh, yeah, any sort of ego. You know, I mean, and I guess you don't want to get too into that, but I feel like that's such like a important thing. Where oh no, dude, that to me is super important, and I know that not everybody shares that that value. You know what I mean? In terms of, you know, you've got people who listen to your show, or you've got people who, uh, you know, who who follow the the format, or whether it's you or the station or whatever. You know, y- y- you're like a politician almost you're working for them in a lot of ways that and that's my approach right so um and i think you know that's also again that's i love things that are a dying breed i think that's one of them as well Uh, you know we're in a selfie culture right so there's a lot of people that take that on mic too um yeah approach in the what's your uh, what's your like i guess you do this which is unreal and i follow it general social media though what's your uh mindset with it oh man right now my mindset is just baby photos dude oh my yeah. god <laughs> i just can't help yeah. it like i'm just like oh my god my fucking child is so yeah. beautiful i have to share it with the world every damn day i have yeah. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm, does it make you wonder what yeah parents did back in the day before social media? I don't like, know. I guess mailing photos all the time, or that yeah. urge I imagine still existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, like again, like my dad was a photographer, um, so there was plenty of photos of, of us growing up. So you know, of course, he, because it was his trade, right? Yeah. But, um, but. But yeah, no, not everybody maybe has these kind of photo opportunities or photo albums. I never thought of that, actually, Lou. That's interesting. So that's what you're doing—just plastering social media with. Uh, oh, that's all I do. Yeah. Well, no, I'm. I still like. I love. For me, man, I love videos of people getting hurt. Um, <laughs> I can't get enough of them. I love. I love dank jokes. I love Norm Macdonald. I love. You know, I. I. Um. Again, within the reasons of hopefully within limits of taste um you know i i love posting videos in my instagram stories that are you know what weird like double takes like what what was that you know and then yeah someone has to go back and be like what the fuck was that and go back to the story to go check it out because it expired i'm like then i succeeded uh yeah yeah question mark things like that are fake like photoshops and stuff like that nice yeah, it's just a uh, it's challenging. I I think it's challenging because some people are so good at it though, uh, mm. and it does feel like work. It just and it feels like it's hard to take my cell phone out sometimes. Do you get that where it's uh, you don't uh, think to take it out? You know, or you're you no, can take I'm addicted it. to Twitter. I, I I can't help but be on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I yeah no I I I don't relate to that actually. The only thing I the only thing I I would rather well no that's not true I do I I actually some days some days I have those days where you want to like 
just like, you know what? I'm fuck it. I'm throwing this thing in the lake and I'm just going to get a Motorola Razor from 2005 just on eBay or something. Um, yeah. I kind of miss those times too, in a, in a way. Uh, in a way. You're not 100% here. But in another way, I fucking love mixing it up on Twitter. <laughs> and I love, uh, you know, I love, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I still do like social media. I don't want to sound hypocritical because I, I agree. I also like the dumb jokes and the, you know, the Norm Macdonald YouTube wormholes and, uh, and I watched the story. So I'm playing, I'm doing it as well. When you talk about those days where you do want to go back to the razor, sometimes what I think about is how there was never like a contract that like we all signed that now we were like reachable 24 seven. Uh, and we, everyone will carry around like a full computer in their pocket. And it, and it just seems funny. I mean, I, I guess I've, we picked the wrong business if we wanted to go, uh, you know, off the grid Motorola Razor. But uh, exactly, yeah. I just think it could be more like celebrated or encouraged as a society. As a society. As, uh, yeah, I, I guess, man. You know, um, yeah, I'm neutral on the topic, I have to say. Wouldn't that be an interesting experiment to conduct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll never do it. Yeah, all right. No, no, bring it on, bring it on. I think that could be like, like, how long could you go phoneless? How long would a radio like that uh, you go phoneless? I mean, I guess they are all telecommunications. Yeah, I guess so. like, yeah. I mean, like, here's <laughs> the thing. like, I only do social media like for the for the radio station for the company um, when I'm at work, and so you know, there's there's an iPad on the desk. I've got the browser in front of me i mean I'll, I'll do social media for them no problem you know that's the way i look at it um but then i do when i get off the air i kind of i'm just like oh yeah i should probably tweet something on my behalf today say good morning at least to everybody um but but uh sometimes yeah sometimes that's a grind uh sometimes i, I wish i didn't have to do that oh man now i'm thinking i should start doing it more well, do wishing people good morning no, just like tweeting or just uh, just playing the game. I th this is a thing that I also do too. So if I do say I'm going to start tweeting more, yeah. Uh, how many times you type something and delete it? Type something, delete it. Type something, delete it. And then you go, oh, "Fuck this! I'm not putting anything out." Uh, yeah. Oh, too many times, man. I've you know, yeah, I've deleted like I'd say my worst is maybe six times. But yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely. <laughs> Definitely done it a ton. <laughs> Pain in the ass. I guess that's a cool thing, though, because then it's like it, it it really lets you be like efficient and sharpshooter with the word and the language with the language. Yeah. And again, that's comedy, too. You know, you want to take out the fat radio, too. You want to take out the fat. Although I love leaving the fat in because it pisses people off on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you mean it pisses? Oh, it pisses like everybody. Everybody. Nobody likes it. So yeah, that's what news, news was late today. Is yeah. that a Norm McDonald trait that you have, where you can amuse yourself by pissing everybody else off? Sometimes, yeah. Going on a little yeah. too long. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I would say that. Yeah. If I'm in a mood. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> so I. I think one of the biggest curses about the line of work that we are in is that it makes everyone's stories so painful to listen to sometimes like at a family dinner, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, and you're listening to someone that's just 
that's just lost everyone in the room with the story. And yeah, uh, yeah you almost want to help them. Like, hey, Nana, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna talk to you after dinner and, and give you a, a couple pointers. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good, man. I like I like that a lot because yeah, my family. Oh man, my mom. Yeah, I mean, I, actually, yeah. There's so many people that yeah, they lose the room, but they don't know they've lost the room. And yeah, you gotta have that situational and observational awareness, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I found that's too, something too. Like, like normal situations and like normal people fucking bore me. That's the other thing too. Like all my friends are stand-up comedians and or musicians or you know like whatever, right? <clears throat> so it's like all of a sudden I'm at like a you know some kind of cocktail party or something, and I'm just like, oh yeah. Cool. Like, I, I don't really have much to talk about. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. So it's like, it's like I find that just musician and comedian types are interesting people. They have things to say or, or, or do, or, you know, they, they're always trying to make you laugh. Right. And uh, I guess I just, uh, I demand that. I demand that from my circle. Good. <laughs> I don't hang around with boring people. Um, yeah. Don't be boring. What if they're family members? Same rules apply. <laughs> I find you boring. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't. I know. I, I, you know what? I think most of my family's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, they're okay. I mean, I come from good stuff. <laughs> uh, how much does a uh, new dad get to drink? Not very often. As you noticed when we were in that uh, garage party uh, way back, uh, that was my first time actually drinking since having the baby. And uh, I mean, I got drunk this past weekend. Actually, you know what? I get to drink. I get to drink not that much, or uh, not that uh, a fair amount, actually. Uh, really, but not like not like I used to, you know. Gotcha. But yeah, this past weekend, and maybe once a month, I'll get a chance to tie one on. Oh, okay, once a month. Yeah, that's not a lot. No, it's not. No, I think biweekly is good. I mean, I, I don't know. I I am not a uh, a father, but I feel like no. Bi-weekly could be sustainable. No, that's pushing it. Well, I'm I'm going to introduce you to my wife. I'm like, honey, me, <laughs> you be here to negotiate on my behalf. <laughs> I would love, <laughs> I would love his aid in this negotiation. No, uh, yeah, no, I I don't know, man. Uh, uh, where were we? Sorry, man, I'm I'm stuck. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> how how much do you get to smoke? How often do you get to get high? That, however, is not so bad. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The whiskey. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I, I do get a fair amount of uh, smoke in. Uh, you know, sometimes I get to smoke twice a day, but I for sure every night get get a, get a good smoke on. So, Are you productive? Hi. Yeah, I have to be now, especially. Um, I I mean, if I get any. If I get any time where I'm not helping out around the house or not helping with the baby or playing with the baby or snuggling with the baby or whatever, um, yeah, I I gotta be, uh, um, yeah, I gotta be on my phone. Even if I'm even if I'm out smoking a J, sitting in a lawn chair in the backyard, uh, I still gotta be on my phone, like tweeting or doing something, checking my work email or doing something, right? Keeping up on whatever. There's always someone to reply to a text to. There's always an inbox waiting for me that I haven't got back to in a couple of days because I've been so busy. Having a new kid is fucking crazy. And I know everybody told me that. Like, everybody was like, yo, it's going to change your life. Uh, uh, yeah, it really does, man. Yeah, there's, there's, it's like, 
It's like the number one drug. Like you just, it's the number one thing. When you wake up, the first thing you think about when you open your eyes is your baby. And before you go to bed, the last thing you think about before you close your eyes is your baby. And, and, and it's a, it's a, so it's like, you know, when everything is just centered around the baby all the time, getting back to texts and emails, it's like when you get a minute to do that, uh, you take it. So yeah, definitely when I'm getting high, most of the time, if you've emailed me and I reply to you, they all will be stoned. That was it, especially on email or a Facebook inbox. Nice. Yeah, I will be stoned for those messages. Thank you very much. Um, what What are some things that we didn't get to here? Um, mm-hmm, I don't know, man. Well, well so yeah, so I, I I really am looking forward to the Big Chris Live where you do uh, talk to some former colleagues in your time in in Kandahar. What else is coming up in this season? Yeah, great transition, Lou. Uh, yeah, what else is coming up this season? Um, yeah, there's that. I've also on the rock and roll side. Uh, I've been talking to Harv from Monster Truck, John Harvey, who's a vocalist, bass player for. Uh, freaking kick-ass band again there's hamilton again love my time in hamilton um and that was you know that was the one thing too like everyone knows me for my kingston ties with you know the hip and the glorious sons and bands like that but i've been unfortunate that that i've been able to like get a chance to see two two really big canadian bands that um you know in their infancy and monster truck was one of them i have their first i still have the cd the demo cd or like the three song ep that they put together when they first got going they won the why want to wait battle of the bands you know when i was there like it was you know i got to know these guys a little bit so i'm just excited to catch up with uh with harv and um gonna reunite the uh the older dad's club back onto uh baby business um my best friend patrick had his baby and and we've had a couple of these episodes now with the older dad's club um uh you know and it's filled with dudes who are over 40 who are all having kids um one guy uh actually uh is getting a reverse he's already got two kids but he's got a reverse vasectomy and uh and he's going to try and have a third uh so following along with his progress my other buddy, Joe, he's uh, like 42 and he's got twins for the first time. Um, you know, there's there's some great storylines going on. Anyways, Patrick, who is my best friend back in Kingston there, uh, he had his baby, Freddie, uh, just not too long ago. And so uh, we're going to catch up with him, get the get the gang back together. So for those who follow along that sideline, that'll be uh, that'll be happening as well. Sweet. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think what else. But uh, Monster uh, yeah. Truck has so much energy, man. Uh, like I work at a rock station and and the, every time I get to go into a monster trap song, especially if I have a, a good call, yeah. you know, caller where it's a, a caller's voice and some laughing and the sound of that going in over a, a heavy riff, heavy intro. Yeah. Uh, always kind of like, yeah. Yeah. No, know, I, I did I, my radio. Yeah, yeah. Monster truck had some like massive like hit, rock songs like like massive and uh and and it was so crazy i mean they had i mean they, they still probably will when they release new stuff right but um uh you know like it, it's just it's so cool to see uh it's so cool to see these bands grow up glorious sons obviously you know what i mean like you know it's cool to be at the infancy of them too and see their first gigs at the merchant tap house you know downtown in kingston so yeah, um, you know, that's I'm looking forward to catching up with some of these bands. Um and uh, you know, and reviewing especially with Monster Truck Man. Like uh, 
yeah, just getting back into the Hamilton of it all because that was such a great time in my life. Although I was poor and broke as fuck, I had a blast and got really stoned. It was good. But no tattoos. Not even a microphone tattoo. No, no, I do not have the uh, classic uh, microphone tattoo with flames coming out of it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I do have I do have some ink. I do on my calf, but it's it's not a a, a radio or rock and roll nature. It's just a Celtic, you know, uh, Irish thing. It's on my. I wonder how, I wonder how many um, uh, people out there in the biz have the microphone tattoos, but work in sales. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, oh man, I don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't seen a lot of salespeople topless. So, <laughs> man, I haven't seen a lot of salespeople in uh, years. Man, it's been a while, right? Yeah, the buildings are weird. It's it's weird working in radio now. Uh, because it's like one or two people get to go into the building. Can I go uh, inside inside baseball here for the K Rock building? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so I haven't met any of the sales guys. I, I've only like uh, you talk to them in Zoom meetings or or that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, this is the building there on uh, Princess and Bath, the KPMG building there. Yeah, it's always been there. Yeah. Yeah, and so I get to meet other people that are working in other offices on the different four floors here in the parking lot, and they always ask about uh, sales guy Jeff Falcon. Oh yeah, Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. Did did uh, Jeff Falcon make a big impression on you? Oh yeah, man. Well, it's hard <laughs> not to like. He's he's got one eye, so you know he's. Uh, it's it's funny that his last name is Falcon as well, and he's got the eye thing. Anyways, um, but he but he's so hilarious about it, dude. He's always got these lines like, and, and I remember one time, uh, uh, right when the arena was being built in Kingston, he's like, "Yeah, I got a tour of the new arena. Um, yeah, it was uh, down in section one I, bud." <laughs> uh, great seats down in one I. Yeah. <laughs> I just like all right, man. So yeah, Falcon. Yeah, I know. I know the guy. Anyways, what about him? I'm just impressed that so many people in this building always ask me uh, about uh, Jeff Falcon. Like, did he go? To, like, it's like he knows everyone in all these offices. But maybe he was dropping off his business card. I don't know. Falcon is a super connected dude, man. He's he's a good lad. Um, yeah. Uh, what can I say? I love him. Uh, known him for a long time. Good guy. Yeah. Give, some, give some other K, uh, shout outs here to your time at K Rock. Shout outs? Oh, well, obviously to Wendy Boomer, but she's been on the podcast too. Uh, um, yeah, she's doing country music now. Um, wow, man, I'm trying to think of like the old the old lads across the hallway, Big G and Maddie. Uh, yeah. There's a, actually there's a newscaster in PEI, Prince Edward Island, uh, named Boomer Gallant. And he looks just like Big G, and they and or they 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 could be brothers or related to each other. Anyways, that's a weird aside. Uh, <laughs> Did you work here when they had a contest for Buffalo Bills tickets and they uh, buried tickets and all this shit? Uh no, that was way before my time. Okay, tell me what what was a memorable uh, Big Chris stunt in the K Rock? Oh, that was easily. I was talking about this today, actually, with somebody. Was um, the prostate exam? I had the prostate exam live on the air. Nice. Um, so we, yeah, so we, um, uh, I, I got, you know, I said if we raise X dollars for November, 
um, I'll get a prostate exam. And of course, we raised X dollars on the Movember page for, you know, that we met our goal. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the prostate exam. But first, we got to find the right doctor. So we had like a reality contest for to find the right doctor. So we had four different doctors come on the show and we interviewed them. And then also we like measured their fingers, like in terms of length and width. And then put That's it so up, good. And we put it up on the website for people to vote on. <laughs> they, voted, they voted for the doctor with the widest finger. Yeah, of course. And uh, and so, anyways, that doctor ended up doing doing the job. But then we had Shane Goudreau. Shout out to Shane, and uh, I don't oh, actually. I think he's out west now, but he, anyways, he's a King, Kingston legend. So he's done tons of murals and artwork all over Kingston. And and uh, anyways, he he came and did a, a painting, like an oil painting, in the studio of the prostate exam. Um, and then the next, uh, well, here, I'll get into that story in a minute, actually. Um, but then the next year, uh, uh, we auctioned off the painting, um, for November again. And, uh, the winning bid was a restaurant, uh, which is just down the street from K rock called the star diner, but the star diners closed now. What did they do with it? It hung. Well, I, I'll finish the story, Lou. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can't wait. Where did the painting go? <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I'm like, I'm in the back of my head, Lou. I'm like, I'm not this great of a storyteller. I can't be. But anyways, um, anyway, so I, 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 uh, they won the painting. They created a booth for us for years. They've got this fucking like this giant painting and people would be even like just maybe a year before the pandemic, people were like texting me pictures like, Hey man, I'm sitting in your booth. Boop. And, you know, take a selfie and text it to me. Um, you know, it was, it was such, it was like a living billboard. Like it was a permanent billboard in a restaurant with, of course my face is like, Oh, like, ah, like yeah. I'm a fucking prostate exam. Right. But, <laughs> um, but like it was a, it was, you know, like a permanent, permanent billboard of my face in that city. Um, and so, yeah, that was probably my favorite thing. Uh, the most memorable stunt. There was a few others too, but, um, that would be the one for sure. Amazing. Yeah. How, how did you play that for, uh, like for laughs on, like on air or did you, or did you want to send the message that it wasn't a big deal? No, no, we, we yeah, we, we did, we did it for laughs. Um, but, but there was a serious undertone, obviously, yeah. because it was for November, you know yeah. what I mean? It was for it was to raise awareness for prostate cancer and and you know we talked a lot about that stuff. But you know it was all about just like asking awkward questions at the right moment, uh, kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I yeah. don't remember all of it, but I think one of the things was like, Doc, am I warmer than most? Or you know, I, think, <laughs> I, I don't remember. I don't remember all the. I don't remember all the ins and outs, but I just remember thinking it was great. Yeah, that is unreal. In what year did that be, Chris? 2014 2015 something like that yeah yeah not that long ago but long enough yeah long enough ago um but yeah no that was good man that would that would uh i mean again i was always reminded whenever i'd go and have some bacon and eggs it's too bad so the star diner um i tried to get a hold of the owners to see if i get the painting back um and they uh, uh have been taken off to parts unknown um, nobody knows where they went. They just poof like a puff of smoke. So I talked to the, um, like the building owner or the building manager or whatever. And I was like, Hey, um, 
uh, you know, can you can you uh, get me in there? Can you go in and get the painting? Because it's kind of kind of mine. You know what I mean? I kind of played it mm-hmm. like that. I kind of want it because it's got my face on it. And yeah. and uh, he says, yeah, sure. And he never called me back. And my wife is actually giving me shit today about it. Like you never called. You never called to follow up with him because he never called me back about it. And I'm just like, you know what? couple of people told me that they dined there like a, a little while before the pandemic and and that um that they that they'd uh, taken it down is what they told me so i'm like i'm not sure i think maybe they split town with it i think that's what happened they <laughs> they, they split down they were like we're t- taking chris's painting and we're out of here in the pandemic well since this is the first episode of the new season uh maybe we'll get one storyline out of this for you where since i am in the same kind of Block as the former star diner. Uh, I, I can do some investigating for you. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. I can be your man on the scene if you need me to, to go anywhere or be anywhere. And then uh, you can check in from time to time on, uh, okay. on how I'm doing. I can also throw the call out to uh, to listeners. Well, uh, yeah, you might be able to do that. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Well, Lou, any assistance, my friend? You could be a yeah. gumshoe, if you will. You could be our uh, our PI on this case. Thanks for your pro bono work and your offer. <laughs> that would be hilarious if we could get that back. We're going to get it. It's going to be it's a counterfeit. <laughs> uh, well, this has been fun, man. This is great hanging out and uh, and just catching up and, and everything. It's been uh, – and thank you to everyone who's followed along with the podcast. Uh, you know, and, and has kept up and subscribed and uh, and joined in um, because uh, you know I'm excited to be back. It was it was a break. It was a longer break than I wanted. The last episode actually was um, Indigenous author uh, Rick Ravel, and 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 uh, you know we talked about some very serious stuff. Obviously, with the Indigenous uh, stuff, it was kind of a heavy episode. But I felt like that was a good period. Like, okay, good, boom, we can end the season on that and then start fresh with some some new stuff. Um, but we moved. So building the new studio with the baby, juggling all the, the life of it all, um, you know, uh, you know, it sort of delayed things. So I'm super stoked to be back. And uh, Lou, thanks for uh, thanks for hosting tonight. It's a great way for me to ease back. I'm like, get somebody else to do my job. The old switcheroo. <laughs> it was all right. I think it went okay. Yeah, you're good, man. You're great. You're good shit. I always enjoy your company. So, yeah, next time I'm in Kingston, we'll uh, we gotta get we gotta hit that garage. I don't know if I can convince the missus to to every every two weeks, but uh, but I'll <laughs> see if I can come down sometime this fall, man. Fuck yeah, and we'll get that fucking painting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, we'll, we'll get Lou back on to check in about the painting and and whatever else, man. We'll put you on a panel in an upcoming episode again, too. Awesome, right. dude. Good night, everybody. Thanks, Lou. Hey, listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. 
Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.